Citizens of Natstown is brought to you by the Ballpark Bus, with departure stations at Clyde's and Ashburn, Glory Days in Reston and Herndon, the Green Turtle in Ballston, Sterling, and Dulles, and Velocity 5 in Centerville. When you don't want to drive to the ballpark, leave the driving to us. Take the Ballpark Bus. Visit www.ballparkbus.com for more information or on Twitter at at ballparkbus. Fans, welcome to Citizens of Natstown. We've got TJ Lenemar, Matthew Davila, David Huzzard. All right, well, we've got crew. we've got a lot to get to tonight, so uh, let's let's get right to it. <laughs> well, let's just you start by by saying that Ankiel swings hard. He's a swinger. He he lifted a ball over a uh, a maintenance truck just a few minutes ago, which was quite exciting. Nationals currently lead the Cubs by... Not the Cubs. The Marlins. He misses opening day. Yeah, so yeah, no, I can't fault you for that one. Carlos Zambrano was a uh, Cubs staple, yes. They currently the Marlins by a score of one to nothing. And we have five individuals who felt like going down K Street today. However, it was so nice that Emilio Bonifacio decided to take the trip twice already. What a nice guy. That is nice. Now we need to go back in time. <laughs> back in time. In our little Nationals vortex here. Our Nationals DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, uh, all the way back to Lucky Friday the 13th. Yikes. That was uh, some game. Jason chopped one up the middle on Friday the 13th. Luck be an 80. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that was uh, the game where where uh, Dusty Baker decided he wanted to manage for the Nationals for an evening because uh, Davey Johnson completely outmanaged him. Right well, there. can 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 I can I make the observation here? And I made the joke when it happened that uh, Nady didn't actually hit a home run. Ludwig oh, yes. got the goal. Nady had the assist. <laughs> yes, well, that sometimes happens. <laughs> It, 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 all, it, all, it all looks the same in the scoreboard. It happens to the Reds more than any other team, I think. It was mm. that Brooks Conrad grand slam mm. that Lance Nix knocked over the wall. Yeah. That that game was um, long. Long. Long is a good word. Um, 13 night, innings 13. on Friday the 13th? Yeah. Pushed into the ninth. Brad Lidge. Did Brad Lidge blow it that night? Or no, we tied no, it. Yeah. yeah, we tied it we up. Tied yeah, that's it right. Up. On the solo home run. Because yeah, Jordan yep. Zimmerman started that game. Yes, yeah, yeah. so he started. He went seven innings, yeah. gave up one run. And he was getting ready to lose it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, because I don't know, maybe maybe he kicked somebody's puppy. I think, <laughs> I, don't he, know. I think he uh, forgot to flush in the house. <laughs> you, see, you see, I feel like that is a rude thing to do. But I feel like you get over something like that. <laughs> Work yeah. on that, Jay Z. Seriously, bro. Flush the toilet. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> and and speaking, I love this guy. Speaking of Jordan, that was for you, Frank. 
speaking of Jordan Zimmerman, I don't know if we want to talk about it right now if uh, we get to his games, but yeah. reportedly the Nationals have begun preliminary talks. I do want to talk about that, <laughs> of course, because mm-hmm. I love this guy. <laughs> Let's face it, it's just a fact. Yes, we know that. Yeah, I don't think I think there's some people who don't though. <laughs> Maybe you should tell us again. Oh, I love Jordan Zimmerman. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> preliminary talks. Currently, the current Nats top three are locked up at least through 2016, and this, uh, with Zimmerman being the first one to go. And those particular three are, are stuck together at least until 2015. 2016. 2015? I think it's 2016. It's after 2019. Yeah. yeah. Boom. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes. But we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's uh, stick with talking about the games for now. Uh, yeah, Nationals won Friday the 13th in 13 innings. Everybody was happy. Woke up the next day, and it was Sunday. Steven Strasburg's <laughs> bobblehead day. Edwin Jackson, complete game, one run allowed. All right, eight with nine strikeouts. I, I, I want to see a couple tweets and a show of hands of who saw that one coming. No, <laughs> um, but I mean, that was that was exactly what they needed after. Yeah, I mean, the thirteen inning. Yeah, we had yeah, yeah, no, six from the bullpen the night before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and it was great because. Uh, um, Davy Johnson said, "Hey, I need I need you to go deep into the game." Edwin Jackson's like, "Okay, boss," <laughs> yeah. and that's exactly what that, he did. That, that he did a good job. That was some good pitching around. Uh, you know, he's not normally thought of as a strikeout pitcher, but he get quite a number of strikeouts. He's, he's got the stuff. I know that uh, when when we got him, when the Nationals got him. Pitching coach Steve McCaddy, he saw something that Jackson was doing. Right. And he said, you're tipping your pitches, maybe. And I think he said there was something else that he saw he needed to work on, too. And I don't know, maybe Steve McCaddy is just incredible, but he does something to pitchers, you know. He doesn't make them give up too many runs, that's for sure. The the other thing that I think is uh, something that needs to be brought up is his efficiency. I mean, he's mm-hmm. had a no-hitter, but his no-hitter was at 150 pitches. Yeah. It, not exactly efficient. 95, <laughs> 94, yeah, I believe. He, I believe that game yes. uh, was the complete game. I mean, uh, and then some change per inning. It was that's, quite – That's pretty fantastic. The, it was well, quite – you, know you know what sticks out to me when you look at the box score, too? There were no substitutions throughout the entire game. No pinch hitters. No, it's just neat to look at the box score, and it's just. And he had one walk. Okay, pitches. Jackson, ninety-two, okay. sixty-seven for strikes. So that is quite a different than what we were told we were getting in, in nine innings. That's not that's not eleven pitches in an inning. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Yes. Well, Jackson has always had, you know, flashes. Flashes of brilliance. Yes. He had a sort of Craig Stammen situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're actually going to come back to uh, Jackson here in just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so move on to Sunday. Um, first, it's not as good. Well, the uh, first inning comes up. The, the yeah. first inning was, uh, for lack of a better word, a snafu. Atrocious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that while I had to get six outs. Yeah. He had to get two two blown strikeouts and a Horrible call at first base by the umpire. Well, the, the call at first base wasn't so horrible by the umpire. Because it, LaRoche went for the tag on him. I strongly you disagree. Know. But, it, okay, okay. I think LaRoche So, so maybe, so maybe his foot being on the bag should have accounted for the outside. It should have. So the fact LaRoche, that his foot was on the bag might have been worth a, um, 
out. But when LaRoche went for the tag, the umpire's eyes were focused at LaRoche's upper body area I, and couldn't see the foot. I'm sorry. Your eyes can't go in the I'm different sorry. direction. I'm sorry. That's a terrible call. You know, I, yeah. I, I, it was a bad call. And, but... I think you can understand from, that one. I, 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 I think FP said it best when he said, "Well, there goes your perfect game." <laughs> I mean, thank you, Jim Joyce. <laughs> well, actually, the perfect game wouldn't, have, or the the Grand Slam would have done it. Well, I, that that that's a, it was a joke. You see, yeah. in light of the imperfect game with Armando Gaga. But um, the strike calls were even worse. They were. Uh, they show the pitch track, and I know that's not a hundred percent accurate. Well, but, but still, it's pretty close. I mean, the entire well, ball. The, the entire if, ball. If you're watching, if you watching, if you if you watch major league baseball games for an hour and a half, you get an idea of what the strike zone looks like, or what it should look like, or what should be a strike. Maybe not necessarily high, but definitely inside and out. And Detweiler was getting him on the plate. Definitely on the corners. One wasn't on the corner so much as it was in the middle on the outside. Yes, it <laughs> that was, went for a ball. It was there. It that should was, have been that a was pretty strike. Bad. And I don't know, maybe Laz, was it Laz Diaz? Laz Diaz. I'm, Diaz I, I, bet, I bet he caught his paycheck after that game. But we won't go there. Well, Ludwig went on to hit a grand slam. We came back. Uh, we, we did tie it at five. And that was an extras. That was nice. Um, yeah, I mean, you got you got to give the Nationals some credit. You know, we, we we talk about their offense, but you know the fact that they scored five runs to at least get Detweiler off the hook. I mean that's that's nice. You know, it's nice that they came back and maybe later in the season they have the same type of game, and they come back and win. They made it a game, yeah. which yeah. is what you want your guys to do, and that was nice. So uh, yeah, Clifford came in was a little shaky, but. Went ahead and also uh, yeah. word on the street is he's got some shoulder soreness, but uh, I don't know that it's anything to worry about. You know, it, it was depends on what type of soreness it is. And since he pitched again after that, I'm thinking it's not a problem. I just wish they wouldn't tell people. Yeah, people. like if it's anything if it, if that it's doesn't not, require it, yeah. you to either a for a position player miss a couple of days or or for a pitcher to go on the DL. Open your mouth. <laughs> well, and and a friend of mine, I was talking with a friend of mine about pitching a little while back, and he he told me that you know, if you're a pitcher, and you do it long enough, you you essentially have an injury because of the toll it takes on your arm. Why do you think pitchers can't pitch every day for a reason? But uh, you know, what, what essentially what he told me is that if you pitch every day, you're in pain. You got you got an injury, but it's when it really really hurts that it's a problem. And that's why, you know, there are pitchers who, who throw like do. They, uh, you know, they end up go- going on the DL for Tommy John. And they're like, really? <laughs> they're like, yeah, it hurt. I didn't think that was totally abnormal. I mean, even Steven Strasburg, before he had his Tommy John surgery, he was like, no, I feel fine today. Yeah. I mean, you know, because they get used to that, that feeling, I guess, you know, the, like well, the, I mean, just, the certain just kind of hurt. Think and, about, like, after a person works out. Like, after you work out, you're, you're sore. And that's pretty much how, you know, after you pitch, you're working out a muscle and an area, so of course you're sore. It makes yeah. perfect sense that they're sore. There's just different degrees of soreness. You can be sore without being injured. Of course. Then Monday night, it was Steven Strasburg's first start of the season in the nation's capital. And another Steve, who had a, uh, a particularly good night, 
Ah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Lumber Day is the night of Steven and Steven. Monday night is Steven, according to the pregame show. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. Steven, Steven, yes. The night of Steven and Steven. That was a lot of fun watching uh, Stephen Lombardozzi. He uh, <clears throat> he had four hits, five at bats. That was that was fun. Uh, and they go double. <laughs> but the best part was where that double came off the bat. It, it was on his hands. Yeah. He, he just kind of it was like a chip shot off yeah. the off the trademark. Yeah. I don't remember. Did his bat break? I don't think it did. No, it did not. No. Well, that's a little bit more impressive. But he doesn't have much pop, so. Uh, no, he's never going to be a guy that's going to hit a lot. As you like to call him, a pig squeak. But, uh, I, I think, I think uh, <clears throat> Lombardozzi, he does a good job of waiting for his pitch. For the, you know, like, he'll sit there, he'll wait for, uh, you know, the ball that he can hit out of the infield, at least. He is a very quick bat. He can wait back on just yeah. flick his wrist. But but he doesn't just swing away either. He's good at like I said, waiting for his pitch, you know. And if he doesn't see it, all right, I'll see you at first base. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I like that. That's uh, that's something we need to do more of with uh, with our guy. And to uh, what we're talking about, Espinosa's credit, he's been doing a job of getting on base, drawing walks. Uh, God, you wish you know he had a double last night. That was nice to see and. He might be coming around. Yeah, he, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, this is like after that game, Lombardozzi was just awesome. Everybody was happy. And he, he did the great shower he got. But I heard I heard chirps of people saying, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> SB should watch out for the job. I mean, it's one thing to say it jokingly. It's one thing to actually say something like that. And I just – it's it's not even – it's not even a thought. Yeah, it I shouldn't can guarantee. Well, I mean, it shouldn't be a thought with the fans, but it's. I, I, I know it's hundred yeah, percent guarantee that if you ask Davey that question, you're like, "Wait, what?" They did ask yeah. Davey that question. He said, "Espinosa is my second baseman." I mean, you're gonna think Lombardozzi <laughs> can play. Like I said, with we're talking about Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist is a better player, a better hitter than Sean Rodriguez, Reed Brignac, Matt Joyce. He's definitely better than all three, and you know, he's better than those three. And and at any moment, the Rays could just say, "Here's a job for you," but they never do. Yeah, no, he, you know, I mean, he's one of those guys. He definitely earns a spot every day, and for some reason, just doesn't. Uh, maybe, maybe Lombardozzi can be that guy. You know, and, he can play four or five times a week at different and, positions. And, you know. If he's doing that and he does it on a regular basis and succeeds in doing it, I don't see any reason to change anything. If Spinoza or Ian Desmond got hurt, having him there is a definite luxury. You know, uh, Steve Lombardozzi is a luxury this team has not had before, provided he keeps doing what he's doing. He's solid defensively, I think. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I, I'm confident he can keep hitting. He's not going to hit for a lot of power. It just doesn't look that kind of guy. Uh a double here and there would be nice, but you don't you don't necessarily need a guy who just hits for a lot of power. I mean, you got a couple guys and Ryan Zimmerman and Jason Worth and Adam LaRoche who can do that. So I mean, you just need a guy who can get on base. It would be nice if the Nationals had the big guy in the middle of the order. Yeah, forty well, homer bat. Yeah, definitely. But I think they can win without it the way they're built with pitching mm-hmm. and defense. Agreed. And you know, 
if you look at their games, I mean, that was another, you know, they, Strasburg wasn't at his best, but he was still pretty good. Well, you know, somebody made the comment last year. Six and during, three runs are your best, that's pretty good. Well, <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Six inning three runs is not your best, that's pretty good. But uh, I, I was at a Jordan Zimmerman game, of course, uh, and he, the best way that you can describe it, had his C game. But his C game is at least three times better than, say, our under under the, our, our below average. Are we Catalano? I was going to say John Lannon, uh, just as a as a scale, you know, because John Lannon's okay. We'll go with Luis Adelon. Let's go with Luis Adelon. But like, is Jordan Zimmerman? Yeah, that's a little harsh. Okay. Well, not even that. Just that people are going to come at us because we're now hating a guy that. Well, I don't hate so him. much for this franchise. Well, uh, all right, let's not go there. <laughs> we'll let it slide. Yeah. So uh, anyway, when your C game is better than some people's A game, you're and you still get a win. That's pretty good. Well, John Lennon's A game was a complete game shutout. Yeah, but. Knows once. Yeah. He got complete game, two complete games in his career. And he got an A for both of them. Yeah. Other times he got a, normally a C. Yes. His, John Lennon is a C. He gets a C. He gets C's in high school, just like I did. All right. I'm pulling <laughs> you guys back from uh, AAA Syracuse. Uh, Tuesday. Oh, no. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Tuesday was uh, was was Geo. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Seven innings, no run. I was it no runs? No, yeah, that was uh, I was yeah, on no, I, was, I was on a long run that night, so I actually didn't catch the game. But I came back to my car as Bradledge had two guys on and two out. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a score of one zip. I mean, come on, dude. Come on, guy. Yeah, you know what, <laughs> Hashtag, though? come on, guy. There was one reliever that Matt's fans tend to hold near and dear to their heart. Chad Cordero. Like to make things interesting. Yes. Well, I, you know, it, it, I'm not saying that. Uh, first off, when I heard that there were two on and two outs, I was like, oh, they're just going to take care of this. I wasn't worried. But, you know, I know there's people out there who were worried about it. And I wasn't worried about it. But it, it's fun. It's always fun to watch a game that's one zip. You're, you're, you're in a tense situation. Your guy just needs to prove he's better than the guy at the play. You know, I think that's fun. It's. It gets your heart racing. It does. It gets you some, I, I, some adrenaline. And, you know. I'd uh, rather not have the heart well, racing. Well, I'm pretty sure that the Nationals will give me gray hairs by the time I'm free. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> well, you know, it, they ended up winning. Gio Gonzalez did good again. They scored. The one run they scored was it rather odd. Finish. Yeah, it was, a, it was a pop-up that was dropped by. Uh, well, it wasn't dropped. We just never cut. By the by the fielder, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. It wasn't dropped. It was not caught. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the left fielder and shortstop couldn't decide who was going to catch it, so no one did. Well, I, I saw the replay. He just he just stopped looking at the baseball. Yeah. You know, he's like, hey, look, there's a guy running on the bases. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that game was, uh, you know, the, the, interesting, but, you know. The the nice thing about it was is that um, Gio Gonzalez got his first win. He sent eight guys down K Street. He did. Um, and I was watching the replay, and his curveball was sharp. It was vicious. It was sharp. The very vicious I, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a curveball that sharp, like, ever in the world on planet. Maybe. No, I haven't. On planet Gio. On planet Gio. 
That's that's every see on, on planet Geo that's normal. We're talking planet Earth and yes, well, it's a little odd in a good way. Yes, so, well, it was fun. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. So Wednesday, ah, oh, the 18th. perfect vulture win. Uh, By the near perfect vulture win. And naturally, who was the victim of the uh, Jordan Zern run? pitched seven innings, gave up one run. I think I said that before. Yeah, you know what was an interesting fact that was pointed out to me in an idiotic argument earlier is that. Jordan Zimmerman actually has a better ERA than uh, Steven Strasburg right now. Well, I don't know <laughs> if uh, you know we use ERA to really measure. No, I just, it, it's, I, I, so, somebody said that to me. I was like, no way. I think, I think they're all quite good. I agree, but I just, I, I thought it was funny because I didn't believe it. Okay, that's why I'm saying it. I didn't believe it. Uh, anyway, but it was a very vulture type win because. You know, you had the pitcher's duel, and the Nationals are finally able to scratch that one run across the plate. And then Ryan the Matthews comes in. And he comes in, he gives up. He gives up, he gives up the, gives the up game. Gives up a run. Yes. He gives up one run. And then immediately thereafter, the Nationals scored another two runs to get the 3-2 right, lead. Right, it's the way they scored the runs that makes it great. Yes. The Espinosa let off... Um, Let's see. Yeah, Espinosa walked. Zimmerman singled. They brought in the lefty to face LaRoche. He walked LaRoche. Then they brought in another pitcher. He walked Worth to walk in the tying run. Yeah. And then, they gave and then a Ramos sack got fly. a sack fly. Yeah. Yeah. So that was so. So basically, the bullpen handed the Nationals the game after the Astros had taken the lead, and Ryan Matthews did absolutely nothing to earn that win because two of his three outs were on amazing plays by Ryan Zimmerman. Well, and and the the, I, I mean, this is just one of those things. That's my opinion. Take it with a grain of salt. I've never liked the win loss stat. I, I think that's it. pretty standard. I love it because at least it's such hilarity. Like Wilson Valdez got a win. What's better than that? <laughs> um, nothing's good when a Philly gets a win. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, no, this is uh. It just it just goes to show you how dated the way you get the wins and losses is. So yeah, so that's why it's awesome that Matthews got a win because he did absolutely nothing at all to deserve it. And uh, just as a brief update, while we're talking about one run wins, the Nationals are still up one to zero over the Miami Marlins in the going into the top of the sixth inning. All right. Well, they're at least moving along quickly. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the end of the six or the top of the sixth. So we're going to the bottom of the ninth inning. Bottom of the sixth. What is wrong with you? <laughs> this uh, this box score is a little screwy. We're not you all. That'd be nice if you just skip to the end of the game. It's over. We're done. We're leaving. Uh, they they negotiated a truce. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Neat. So, then we get to the uh, the fuster clock that was last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuster clock. I like that. We can say that. Yes, yes, we can. <laughs> so, well, three triples in the first inning. Well, you know, it—that it, was uh, something to behold. Edwin Jackson pitched so well. <laughs> Edwin Jackson pitched so well that he decided, you know, I got to remind everybody that I'm Edwin Jackson. Well, I think what, and, what you're seeing here is Edwin Jackson. The, the knock on him has been flashes of brilliance, but inconsistency. And we sort of saw that, how complete game shutout, comes back, gives up three triples in the first inning. 
Yeah, I mean, I, is it just something about complete games? But is it just like when, when a pitcher has a complete game, his next performance is mediocre? Now, what I have to say, I, I mean, that may be the case, but... It shouldn't matter. It's five had, days. But, I mean, just a, a thought out loud. He had that first inning. Uh-huh. And mm. he came right back. That's true. He he ended up going what five innings? I want to say. Let's see. I got it right here. He ended up going five. Five innings. Yeah. yeah. Four of them were shut out. He got five yeah. strikeouts. So he got a strikeout inning. So four. I mean, you know, you can't really, you can't be too mad at him because he actually pitched. You know, bowed his neck. He toughened up. Stuck with it. Stuck with his game. He got through it. Said after the game, he was he felt fine. He just wasn't executing his pitches. Took full responsibility for his failure, which I appreciate because there's some past who have not done that. <laughs> Garrett Mark, but uh, you know, and it, it, it's nice to see that if he has a bad game, he's gonna fess up to it. And the fact that he went another four innings, solid four innings, and to his credit, the Nationals got four runs and a hit. He got a hit. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and Jackson did get a hit. And he came in. Was it him? He came in on the Zim home run, didn't he? No, I don't think he did. No. no okay. No. Um, that was the second inning Zim got the home run. Yeah. Was, yeah, okay. Yeah, but uh, the, he, yeah. He, he was able third, to. No, third inning, 2-1, no out. He was able to help out the team by helping the bullpen a bit. Yeah. Which, speaking of helping the bullpen, the bullpen did not help themselves. No, no. Tom Gorgelon did not help himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to count off here. But um, what is uh, – I'm completely <laughs> lost now because Matt was – Yeah, yeah, I was, I was messing with you all. Hey, hey, I predicted the future. What do you want from me? <laughs> okay. All right, we have a caller on the line apparently. We do. 904. Where is that? Um, yeah, okay. you guys have to unplug from yeah, the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, okay. Here we go. <laughs> Well, you should have thought about that before rudely not having headphones. I, right? I do have headphones. You guys just took yourself. them from me. Don't lie to yourself. It's a lot quieter where I am now. Is it? Well, now everyone's listening to this. Everybody's yeah. listening to our technical difficulties. Can you imagine a picture of a drunk cameraman and a technical difficulty sign? That's, <laughs> <going on? laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty close to where we are. We're not there. We get a caller unexpectedly, and we have to answer the phone. Right now, he's thinking, why are these assholes answering? <laughs> All right, ready? All right, welcome to Students of Nats Town. Who do we have? Hello. Hello? It's the mosquito. One, two, three. All right, you're gone. Okay. Well, it was nice talking to mosquitoes. <laughs> all right, well, that for uh, that. That was yeah, exciting. Yeah. Drunk cameraman and yeah. all. So if you're going to call in and uh, have something to say. Because... No, I, I thought it was lightning to hear what the mosquitoes had to say. I think they wanted to talk about Jordan Zimmerman. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Edwin Jackson's Tom Zalani. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Zimmerman's right. a little different. later. Just oh. hang on. Okay. I'm here. excited. Shut up. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Tom Gorzolani comes out. It made sense to bring him out into the because the batters do up were left, right, left. And so it looked like Davey was going for the matchups with your long man. He wanted a guy to pitch two innings. Gorzolani's been good on the season so far. He brings him in, and he's not so good. Uh, you know, uh, very Gor- Gorzolani, he did not do well. But if you look at our pitching staff, all of our pitchers, all the bullpen and the rotation, He's probably our worst pitcher, and that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Gorzolani, if he had if he had the worst night, I mean, 
he was a starter for us in 20. Uh, I, just for fun, I was looking at this earlier today. Do you remember what our swing staff on opening day was? I do. Me too. But I'm going to go ahead and say it because it's my turn. So, <laughs> Levon Hernandez, John Lannon, Jordan Zimmerman, Tom Gorzolani, and Jason Marquis. Okay. That's a good Nationals pitching staff. That that was a good Nationals pitching staff at the time. I want to just mention that uh, the 2007 opening day <laughs> pitching staff. I don't even remember what exactly it was. But it was some time machine in the gear. Combination of pain. I remember during the year in 2007, they had Mike Bassick, Tim Redding, uh, Matt Chico, Jerome Williams, uh, Laval Spigner, uh, Jason Simontachi. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I believe John Patterson memory. and Sean Hill even pitched that year. Yeah, so. I think John Patterson was his last year was 06, wasn't oh, it? No, was 07 was last Was it? Year. Oh, okay. Yes, he may have been cut in training of 2008 then. He was excited about moving into Nationals Park. Mm. Anyway. Okay. But that was... Uh, that, the, the National, oh, the Michael, National doesn't have a knack for doing that. Michael just, Bowie. They all said Michael Bowie. Just as a, a brief uh, in, interjection here, uh, the Nationals have a knack for having a dramatic cut before the beginning of every season. They do. Elijah Dukes, Nigel Morgan, John Lennon, just saying. They do. They they they, they have that affinity <laughs> for the dramatic and cutting people. That, that, that's how Mike Rizzo gets his flair for the dramatic, I guess. Yes. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman has it in the ninth inning. Mike Rizzo has it. Right before before the, opening day. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's his favorite time of the year where he gets to call someone into his office and cut him. <laughs> like, he gets to take out all his frustrations. John, yeah. John, you've been doing great for us. Have fun in Syracuse. What? You heard me. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's how the conversation. The first thing goes. that one of the first things that that Mike Rizzo did when he took the the job of GM was to cut Stephen Shell because he didn't like his aura. <laughs> and, uh, just <laughs> yeah, he had a bad chi. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they just didn't he like. He needed to know. move his couch over about two feet. You see. Yes. Well, there's people sitting in the outfield tonight. Actually, and there's a lot of people at the game. Yeah. I should have gone tonight. You're here. You need oh, to do yeah. the show. So, uh, <laughs> the upcoming week, actually, the the first thing that I have on the the roster here is uh, right now. What are you doing. <laughs> it's exciting. K Street, man. I, I can't see the screen. But just, you're not supposed to question it. You're just not supposed to high five me. Are you taking a riddle in tonight? Me? No. No. Oh, I haven't. I'm uh, hyper today. You guys know that. So, so the first thing that's on the list is obviously tonight's. Uh, we have Detweiler, one and zero, .90 RA against Zambrano. Yeah, I think tonight Detweiler's going to pitch uh, at least six innings. Oh, at least six, huh? That would yeah. be clairvoyant. This yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can see into the future. Uh, <clears throat> against Zambrano, uh, no decisions as if he had three seven five ERA. He's done well. I mean, it's it's been okay. Zambrano's been okay. Oh, Zambrano, Zambrano. not talking about Detweiler. Okay. No. Oh, Detweiler's been awesome. I will, I will. <coughs> as a rep that Detweiler, as a Detweiler jersey, that's a nice jersey. But I don't even know why we're talking about the pitchers on the other team. But Zambrano is a guy that. He is a fiery personality. Mm. Psychotic. That's Psychotic is the word I'd go for, yeah. <laughs> he will give fiery, up. fiery personality implies that it could be positive. He will give up some <laughs> home runs. If you get one, you could very easily get a second. Hide the water National cooler. National did not do this. Yeah, hide yeah. the water cooler. Hide your bat. He also, hide, your, hide your skin. <laughs> he also can tire out and start walking everybody that he faces. So, like his last outing, he had six walks. 
Yeah, he has the ability to do a lot of things. He's also Bail pitched a no hitter in his career. He has. Yeah. Now it was actually a Cubs home game in Milwaukee. Fascinating, and I already know how that could have shaped up. Hey, look, Detweiler's smiling. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for your ADD you observation. Well. <laughs> I'm actually different. Um, yes. Yeah. So, Nats as a whole, uh, they've gone and hit 267 against Zambrano. 15 walks, 28 Ks. That is not in the right port. <laughs> it is in the right port. Oh. Look at you, Mr. Mr. Tech. Who's uh, not techie? Just because my brain is... Oh, let's get back on track. My brain is failure. Uh, okay. Uh, three best people against him uh, with decent at-bats. I mean, hell, I have DeRosa on here in nine plate appearances. Um, Nady has an 853 OPS in 27 plate appearances. Uh, LaRoche has an 805 and 37. Oh, that's not too surprising. LaRoche has had a lot of opportunity to face him. He was on the Pirates. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, LaRoche, LaRoche is a good hitter, I think. He's a decent hitter. Uh, we'll get to him as a hitter in just a little bit. But, yeah. uh, he is... Oh, you mean Zambrano? No, LaRoche. Oh. Follow along here. <laughs> it's just a tire, Marshall. Check, man. But, uh, you know, LaRoche this season, he's been one of the Nationals' hotter hitters. And, you know, he's 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 a good hitter, but he's a below average for what you expect from a first baseman. But as just a hitter, he's above average compared to the rest of the major leagues. Right. So, going into tomorrow... Uh, we've got Strasburg against Anibal Sanchez. Okay. If you don't have your ticket now, you should get one. <clears throat> uh, Stras is two and zero with one four two ERA versus Miami. Uh, they hit one eighty against him, uh, six walks, sixteen Ks. Uh, Sanchez, on the other hand, is one zero with two nine two ERA uh, in seventeen starts against the Nationals. Sanchez is seven and zero with a two zero six ERA. Yeah, that's, that's that's the Nationals do not hit Sanchez well. Mm, no, he almost he had uh, no hitter through seven eight innings against us last year when Lance Nix broke it up. I was on my way to the movies. You uh, you guys want these numbers? No. Yes. So the Nats, as they are constructed right now, have hit two hundred against uh, Sanchez. Sixteen walks, fifty two Ks. Yeah, he's uh, done pretty well against the Nationals. That was at Marlins Park when he was throwing that no hitter. I Last have, year, wasn't it? Well, Marlon, the, the stadium of many names. Yes. And I, I know he's a strikeout guy, some good stuff. Uh, uh, I mean, what, what are his strikeout numbers at Nationals Park? I mean, about, and he's owned us at Nationals Park, but, but I wonder just how down they are. Well, you know, we know that the game is going to be close. Yes. That's the important. But I think we go in knowing The that, important so. thing is that we have Stroud, our own pitcher on the mound, that can actually pitch that close game. I feel Whereas like... in recent past, the Nationals would have countered Anibal Sanchez with, you know, Jason Marquis. I'm willing to bet that that's a one-run game. I don't <laughs> think it's going to be a one-run game. Well, maybe... No, I mean, you know, decided by one run yes. tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so we know that game's going to be close, and... That could be the deciding game in this series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's you know the game tonight's pretty close, not over yet. You never what's going to happen with the Marlins or if Davey decides to put Gorzlani in again. <laughs> I we're not looking to wave white flag. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have Sunday's matchup of Josh Johnson versus Gio Gonzalez. Gio, uh, one yeah, of going to be a fun game to watch. 204 ERA. Uh, he got one game against the Marlins uh, in which they hit .032 against him. Really? 0-3-2. Yeah, two walks, wow. ten Ks. Uh, wow. That that is three point two percent for those of you sitting at home. Wow. Um, Josh Johnson this year uh, a very un Josh Johnson like start. Zero and two five nine four ERA to start the year. Well, you know he's going to get that back against the Nationals. Of yeah. course, he's going to end up with like a, a three by the yeah. time he's done. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean. If we get a run, the Nationals <laughs> are the team that pitchers get healthy against. Yes, and uh, you know, again, it's going to be one of those matchups where you're just going to have to hope that your pitcher gives up less runs than they do, and there's not going to be a lot of runs scored in the ball game. Yeah. So, um, I know Josh Johnson's been hurt, but actually, reading this little uh, interesting tidbit here, since he's been hurt. And when he came back, he's gone winless the entire time. Oh. His last win was April 19th of 2011. Was it against the Nationals? Uh, it could have been. doesn't say who against, but... <laughs> uh, but Johnson is 7-0. and uh, That seems to be a trend here. 7-0 uh, against the Nats. And um, he actually posted uh, seven innings in his last start against Chicago. Yeah. So. Yeah, so... I mean, the Nationals seem to be... Uh, Winless against a lot of um, Marlins pitchers. They're winless against a couple of Phillies pitchers, too. They're probably winless against Alex uh, Sanabia, too. Now, uh, now, we hit him better than we hit Sanchez. Um, we hit 256, uh, 16 walks, 38 Ks. Uh, and Keel in 16 plate appearance has an 822 OPS worth is 762 and 20. Uh, Mark DeRosa three plate appearances, OPS of 5,000. Really? <laughs> well, those are three plate appearances. Uh, agreed. I just thought it was <laughs> hey, awesome. Hey, it'll only be his fourth. <laughs> if he gets one tomorrow. Yes. Well, we'll find out what happens there. Um, yes. Then a Tuesday and off day travel. And then we have against the uh, Padres, it's Jordan Zimmerman against uh, Clayton Richard to start the series. Yeah, he's not going to get any run support then either. <laughs> yeah, Clayton Richard <laughs> is not really doing well on the season so far. It, it, it's just it's kind of frustrating when when a guy is pitching so well. It is. No run support. It is. The Padres, though, I think have the worst record in baseball right now. Well, I, I, we can help that. As of today, <laughs> this morning, they had three wins. And really? They have three wins all season. And yeah. they weren't helped by Richard, especially in his last start. Uh, eight runs on ten hits. He gave up. Ooh. So, well, he's so at, he's looking for a bounce-back game. He does win. Obviously, his last start wasn't it. Uh, he's 1-1 one one with a 5-8-9 ERA. Yes. Well, I mean, Padres... You know, you look at their rebuilding. That's very clear. They made the decision to trade Adrian Gonzalez before last season. Uh, then this season they made a couple trades. They traded uh, they traded for uh, Edison Volquez. They traded Matt Latos for Edison Volquez, along with uh, acquiring acquiring uh, Yonder Alonso to replace uh, 
Rizzo, who they sent to the Cubs as well. And so they have sort of an offensive hole in their team where Chase Headley is their best uh, Chase Headley is their best player. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if anyone really uh, fears Chase Headley. Okay. Um, so, you know, you have Chase Headley, you have Nick Hundley. Um, other than that, Venable, I, I know Venable, but uh, Yonder Alonso, it's really not a lineup that has a lot of guys that you that scare you. It's, you know, it's not like looking at, you know, the Marlins lineup that they're putting out there with Reyes and Hanley and Stanton, the, Sanchez. I mean, the the Padres do suffer from some pretty weak offense, you know, and they're in a pitcher's park. They definitely try and they play to their strengths with uh, the with you know the pitchers they have in the park that they have. Well, they don't have those pitchers anymore. Yeah. Well, there's I'm no a, more PV Maddox. And I'm actually kind of curious to see how ours fare there. Um, I think we'll do very well <laughs> uh, against against Richard. Uh, Nats hitting 274. Uh, seeing 507 against him, uh, seven walks, nine Ks, uh, 10 plate appearances for Zim. Uh, he's got a 1500 OPS. Uh, Desmond's got 12 plate appearances, 1167. Espinosa's got six plate appearances, got a 1700. So, I, like I mean, it. not uh, definitely good numbers. I mean, that could uh, maybe um, help with some of these slumps that we're seeing to start the season here. So just as an FYI, Craig Salmon came in in the seventh inning. He's got two outs. Why? Didn't Detweiler have like 70 pitches? I don't know. I uh, didn't see. Let's see. Well, he had like 62 last I looked. What is, uh, what is Wednesday's matchup? Wednesday is uh, Edwin Jackson looking to bounce back uh, against Joe Wheeland. Uh, he's a rookie with San Diego. Um, no Nats have faced him yet, so... Uh, we don't we don't really have any numbers here. Uh, Wheeland on the season is sitting at 0 and 1 with a 10.8 ERA. A 10.8, huh? <clears throat> that's, that's a good ERA. I believe that that's not good. But, but <laughs> don't say us. don't say you saw what the Nationals did against Jeff Samarja, okay? <laughs> now, I just want to point out that the Nationals when you, the first part, time they see a pitcher, they tend to not do too well. Mediocrity is. I mean, look uh, at what happened at on. Well, I mean, on Monday they did score a few runs against that guy no one had ever heard of. Uh, but the first time they see a pitcher, they don't do too well, which makes it odd because some of these pitchers they've seen quite a bit. You know, like they hit Qu- Cliff Lee fairly well last year, but they couldn't hit, you know, guys you've never heard of. Now, uh, the notes that I'm seeing here on Wheeland, uh, he's only had one start. This is Major League debut. Um Two home runs, one to camp, or two home runs, two camp, one to eat here. Uh, it's five innings, six runs. And, uh, I'm not going to really. It, it yeah. seems like he, uh, he just ran down, down a little team. bit. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're going to the Dodgers, you're going to give up runs. Not really anything that we can go on there. Um, again, Jackson, I mean, I, 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 looking I, to bounce back. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that he'll be just fine. He's just fine after you know, that one inning that he had last night. So, uh, and then that brings us to Thursday, uh, April 26th of next week. <clears throat> uh, Detweiler back up. Uh, he's only faced three people in San Diego, one at bat apiece. Um, I mean, no real numbers. Still 
Uh, Edison Volquez. Edison Volquez. 0 and 1, 424 ERA. Uh, had some command problems uh, last time out. <clears throat> Walked five in five innings against the Dodgers. Uh, gave up four runs. <laughs> Another home run to Mac. Um, I have a feeling Mac Kim's going to hit a lot of home runs this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Nats as a whole against Volquez. We're hitting 259, six walks, 12 Ks. Um, nobody's really had. Matt bats against him. Uh, LaRoche, 13 plate appearances, is a 916 OPS. Uh, the Shark, five plate appearances, is an 800. And then Zim, two plate appearances, not anything that you you know, you know can base on, uh, is sitting at 1,000 OPS. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at uh, what the Padres have now, and it's very different from what they had before when they were a very pitching team with a good bullpen and they struggle to have offense. Now their offense is even worse, and their pitching is non-existent. Like Tim St- Stauffer is the ace of the staff. Yeah. I mean, if you isn't he hurt too? I think he might be. But Volquez is. You want you know most Tommy Johns they come successful just the guy they were, but Volquez just hasn't been the same guy since he's had Tommy. That's yeah, unfortunate. Uh, I mean. Anytime you hear of a guy getting Tommy John, you, you kind of feel for the guy. Yeah, that's that's the pitcher's graveyard. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty bad. So I, yeah. And Volquez also has some, you know, clubhouse issues, and he he seems to think a little too much of himself. I agreed on that. Um, speaking of which, uh, we can easily say now this has won that trade, right? Uh, yes, Texas won that trade. Yeah, I think we can say that now. Just, just wanted to throw that out there. How about, how about this is the thing that's always the Cincinnati Reds were not the team that selected Hamilton in the Rule Five draft. It was the Cubs. How stupid are they? And then they traded him for cash, right? Yes. How yeah. bad they look and all that. Well, I mean, I mean, how much? I mean, truly. How much better would they have been over the I years mean, uh, just adding in Hamilton? It would have been a lot better. Imagine <laughs> him in that ballpark. Yeah, but I mean, just Hamilton. They they had just Derek Leaf went to the the playoffs. Uh, I mean, oh, I mean, the way I see it, it wouldn't exactly. The, Wait, what year was that trade? Two thousand seven, two thousand eight, They went to the playoffs two thousand eight. Uh, it would have been two thousand and I believe it was two thousand seven. So if you add him to that 2018, where they had Soriano, they had Derek Lee, and they went to the playoffs, he could have been a big difference maker. You see, they can't do that, though. They're the Cubs. They're supposed to fail. Yeah, you can't yeah. do anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they are cursed. Well, uh, <laughs> do you guys have anything else about the, the games? Not at the moment. No. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, sit in some match town, and be right back. All right, and we're back. We're uh, we're now going to talk a, a little topic that is near and dear to one of our very own hearts. Okay, Matthew, okay. going ahead. Okay, okay. Um, so it was brought up that you know with the Bumgarner extension and Matt Cain getting an extension and young pitchers getting extensions, it's just, just an old thing that's going great on. topic that's going on. Hearts are warming. Puppies are smiling and barking. Anyway, so it was brought up that the Nationals got into uh, well, it was 
I guess it was a nudge, like, hey, hey, Jason, would you want to stay pitching for the Nationals? And kind of a shrug, sure. <laughs> so, so that's kind of where it is, and that's where it's at right now. That's as much as we know. But uh, I think it's an interesting topic. Um, as we said earlier, that this team is together through at least 2015. Uh, this last year, Jordan Zimmerman got a raise from league minimum, which is – Four hundred and fifty thousand something like a that. year to two point three million. Now, for those of you who are uh, good at math, you probably realize that's that's about a hundred and fifty percent raise. <laughs> that's more than a hundred fifty percent raise. That's quite a bit more than a hundred fifty percent raise. <laughs> yeah. That's about uh you know four times. So you know that's like you know four hundred percent. Did I mention I'm bad at math? Yeah. Okay, okay. He got a he got a pretty significant raise. Um, yes, he and, did. And let let's face it, he really did deserve it. You know the way he pitched last season. He he did. He was super two eligible. Uh, he was going to get a raise whether whether the Nationals liked it or not. Uh, the fact that it was only two point three million was probably uh, lucky for the team. In my humble now, here's opinion. a question. <laughs> now, when you're talking extensions, who do you compare Zimmerman to? Jordan Zimmerman. Let's do, see. Do you compare him to the Bumgarner contract uh, or to the Matt Cain contract? Because then you're talking very different numbers. Uh, no, I, I definitely think the, the Bumgarner before the Matt Cain. Matt Cain had a much longer period of performance than Bumgarner yes. did before they locked him up. Um, kind of reminds me, I mean, not in the same terms, and granted, uh, this comparison didn't even have any time in the majors before they locked him up, um, the, the Longoria contract. Of, they see what can be with that, yeah. and they're going to go ahead and take away the arbitration years if they get them. Uh, or the Jordan Z- or the Gio Gonzalez contract. Uh, 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 that's, uh, that's even better. A few thoughts on this, though. Like, in my opinion, though, what has to happen for any of this can actually take place. Jordan Zimmerman has to have another good year. And that's more important, I think. I think what that's what the the team should focus on. They should focus on letting him have another year where he shows that yes, he can be consistent. And I mean, not that he didn't do that last year, but we've said it a hundred times before, at least talking to each other, that you know, pitchers get hurt. Uh, he's been hurt once before. He could very easily get hurt again. Uh, but I think uh, the numbers we're talking about, the numbers I've seen have been four to five years, $25, 30000000 million. That's low risk for what you're doing. Here. That's true. I mean, it's $30 million. That's a lot of money, that's a lot of money to us. <laughs> yeah. Ted Lerner, I mean, he probably has that. He sleeps on that. He sleeps on that. He sleeps on that. <laughs> it's what it sleeps on a big right pile now. of money with lots of beautiful women. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I don't know if he has any use for women at his age. Hey, nobody. <laughs> oh. Local. Nobody said they were his no wife. Um, uh. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I mean, I I think uh, I would love it if Jordan Merman was extended. Uh, yeah, I think he's done. Before we had Steven Strasburg, before Steven Strasburg was on the radar, the Nationals said, this is our guy. This is our future. This is the guy that in a few years is going to be our number one, our opening day starter. And the only reason that Jordan Zimmerman isn't now is because, let's face it, there's a guy who's better. And you know what? I think that's a good thing. Well, yes, it is a good thing. <laughs> I think you can't have too much pitching talent. Right. While we're on uh, the, the topic here, I mean, we're looking at 25 to 30 million. Uh, 
the the amount that Masson currently pays the Nationals for uh, <clears throat> uh, for you know being on Madden basically uh, is at twenty nine million a year. Uh, they're coming up. Uh, they're actually in arbitration right now. There's not a deadline on it. Um, the fact is that that number could double, if not triple. Could. Uh, in the hands of Bud Selig. I don't trust him. Yeah, but... He's the one that gave the Orioles the math in the other beginning. With. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, now we're carrying that station. Yeah. Yes, I would like to see that the, that the Orioles end up paying so much to the national that they can't afford to sign players. Well... Uh, the bigger issue here um, uh, is that after 2015, the Nationals organization is no longer eligible for revenue sharing. Uh, with the new collective bargaining agreement, anyone that's uh, in one of the top 15 markets no longer um, is eligible for the revenue sharing. And, and Matt apparently needs to pay for it. <laughs> So uh, this is all very important. No, 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 no. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> so uh, to, to give you guys some reference here, the Padres are 28th, uh, the 28th biggest market uh, in Major League Baseball. They're currently in a deal. They gave them $200 million up front, and they received $50 million annually. Uh, and for the record, D.C. is the ninth biggest market. Uh, so currently – the Nationals are receiving $29 million a year. Uh, the Padres are receiving 50 from their TV deal um, and the discrepancy in the markets there. The Rangers, uh, much closer here, uh, the fifth biggest market in Major League Baseball, just signed or recently signed an extension. Um, it doesn't start until 2015. It's going to give them $150 million annually. That's the money we're talking about here. Yeah, that's a lot of money. That's that's uh, that's basically more than the Nationals' entire payroll. If you know, if that comes out, I looked at cost the other day. The Nationals are paying out ninety-two million this year. Uh, if they can get double or triple, it should probably be triple from Madison because that's probably where they get on the open market. If you're looking at the, they'd be somewhere between those two deals you talked about. Um, so. They could essentially, with just a TV deal, be paying for the payroll, and then all the profit and everything else goes to the fans. You know, I, I just I really hate how the whole thing shaped up. The bunch of major league owners were sitting around a table, said, "Where do we want to move this team?" Well, what happened was Peter Angelos wouldn't vote for the move and like gave him. He was they, the only they, dissenting vote, but yeah. they had to. That's the thing. I, I've gone through. I actually, um, <laughs> this this is they what I do. And what rule fifty two? Yeah, they, they have to consent if they're within right. uh, their territorial rights. Right, but here's the thing: we've seen what Bud Selig just did to Frank McCourt. Well, true, because he got divorced. Mm-hmm. You see, are you, did you see how the Dodgers are playing this year? Frank McCourt really destroyed that team, didn't he? He's a real embarrassment to the Dodgers franchise. They were, but you know, Major League Baseball ran the Nationals so well for a year or two there. Yeah, and Peter Angelos took the franchise the Orioles, and he just he completely wrecked them. And what did they do to him? Nothing. But Frank McCourt got divorced, and oh, he ruined the Dodgers. No, he didn't. Well, he, he made them better. He was at the point that he couldn't play pay payroll. And that, I, mean, I think that um, that situation's a, a little different. He was basically uh, needing the extension, his TV extension, so that he could pay his payroll. 
is where it was at. He um, spent the money before he had it, which is a mistake a lot of businesses make. Look at the but, Miami Marlins. But they would, <laughs> you know, they'd be allowed to, you know, if 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 Bud Selig didn't sign off on the TV deal because he wanted to get rid of Frank McCourt. Oh, green. I, All he had I, to do was sign a signature, and it was fixed there too. Yep. No, I, I completely agree there. And he, Bud Selig, and then with the Astros, new guys trying to buy it. It's like, oh, you move into the AL and you can buy it. Bud Selig has just thrown his weight around in those two situations recently where he could have just said, you know what, Peter Angelos, you're not the owner of the Orioles anymore. You've destroyed the franchise. Get out. And, you know, and then he could have just basically said to the guy coming by in the Orioles and said, you know what, you accept the Nationals or you don't buy the Orioles. And that would have yeah. been that. Yeah. No Masson deal, and everything would have been better now. It would be nice not to be under the uh, the grip of the Orioles just to watch the Nationals on TV. Uh, I mean, at this point, you know, I'm it's I'm kind of indifferent to just just watching because you know it's what you've come to expect at this point. But you know, I think it's one thing that I find frustrating is uh, and, you know there's other local teams you have this problem with in town is that uh, to watch. The Nationals, night in, night out, it's not necessarily the same channel. Now, it's not a drastic, drastic difficulty to find what channel they're on, but I don't want—I don't think it's fair that I have to look up and figure out which. Are, like, are okay, or, or, or even two, or maybe I'm just maybe I'm just well, lazy, and that's entirely here's possible. Some, but I, I just think it's a little, a little stupid. Here's something to consider when you're talking about that: the Braves are on three different channels. They're on Peachtree TV. They're on. Uh, Turner Shell. Why? Though? And they're on another channel as well. But um, why? Because that's just how the rights are divvied. The Braves make a lot of money for the channels they're on, and a lot of people want to share in that. And it's all sort of owned by, uh, you know, Turner Broadcasting. So it's it's weird how it works out. But but Peachtree TV is no longer on Dish Network. So there's people down there that can't watch, you know, 30 of the Braves game, which is sort of what we had in the first year here. Yeah. Uh, but Moving on to other topics, it is April. Did you know it's April? It is. Uh, so that means that this is the lowest attended month of baseball because school's still in. The weather is colder than normal. Uh, you have these things, they call them April showers that happen. Uh, but we're having the attendance conversation. In a, about a week, about a week, we're going to get a, uh, a column from a national columnist who will write a column about how football has surpassed baseball as the national pastime. Well, as what, a yearly tradition. It absolutely. I can understand the the national people needing to, you know, they you need to fill an article in April. Baseball attendance is down. I would hope I the it. local guys would know this better. I've actually I, I went back, did the numbers since the Nats have been in D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right now, uh, through last night's game, they're averaging 24,466 people per game. Okay. Which, uh, versus their three-year April average, which means 2009, 2010, 2011, any time in April that we had a game, the the amount that we averaged is up 21.28%. So we're actually in the positive. We're, we're, we're up 20% compared to the last three years. That's not surprising because, I mean, we, we've gotten better. And then even better, we're averaging 5% more fans this April than we have at any game over the last three years, regardless of month. Now, here's the thing with baseball, and I think 
there's a baseball fans think differently than other. It's not, oh my God, the team's going to win. I have to go out there tonight. No, it's 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 you know, I like to watch the game. I can I can watch it on TV in the background while I get some extra work done that I have to yeah, do. Yeah, I think I can't go to the park tonight. I'll go tomorrow. I think that's the thing a lot of people uh, might be, you know, especially in a town where you miss baseball for an entire generation. You know, there's there's a group of adults who might have grown up in this area who never had a local team. Uh, and so in this day and age, you know, you got young baseball fans. You got I mean, it's what, anybody that was born after 1960, 1972, oh, yeah. I think. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, that's when that's when the senators left and went to Texas. And then became the strangers. So we had basically people that were in their mid thirties that had never had a local baseball team aside from the Yes. Correct. That is how it was. And uh you know, I can tell you being one of the people that grew up here not having baseball, Baltimore wasn't my city, it wasn't mm-hmm. my home. I I don't care about Baltimore. Yeah. They had a nice aquarium. <laughs> I, I enjoy seafood, but other than visiting Baltimore every now and then it wasn't my home. The wire was awesome. I'll give it back. <laughs> well, anyway, but but you know, there's just this part of me that feels that these these people, Bud Selig, Peter Angelos, Bob Short, all the people responsible, sort of collaborate uh, to steal a bit of my childhood. The uh, getting back to the attendance thing, though, uh, there was, and I thought this was really annoying. Um, uh, Mark Lerner made a comment about uh, the Nationals being good this year, how people should come check out the team. And everybody went crazy talking about it. And in my opinion, I think there was a misquote that happened here. Because he said, you guys, he's, uh, if, if you say, hey, you guys should come check out the team, right? You think, eh, that sounds like a good idea. Or, nah, I'm busy, whatever. Right? <laughs> uh Maybe you just don't like baseball at all. There's people who are weird like that. Uh, but then you also got the people who, who interpret it as, oh, you guys should come check out the team. We're good now. Uh, that's, I, I feel like it was taken slightly out of context, and people were freaking out about it. Some some people, <clears throat> 106.7, were offended by it, question mark. Uh, and I don't really understand that. Uh, I mean, I don't know why, he, uh, okay, you should – know what you're talking about. <laughs> now, hey, you should know what you're talking about. I found this very because because I've been, I've I've gone to cities that are considered to be much bigger baseball cities than DC and people go, "Do you have tickets?" I go, "Why do I need tickets? I'm just going to walk up and buy." Them. And they're like, "But the team, they they draw, you know, 40,000 a night. Won't they sell out?" Like, "No, that's not sell out." The teams most teams sell out opening day and that's it. Every other game you can walk up and buy a ticket. Yeah. And that's the that's the best part about baseball the, is it can be a last minute decision, with you know, like the Capitals. It that building seats you know eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand. You have to plan in months in advance to get a ticket. <laughs> yeah, at least just, a week or so, That's yeah. just a pain. Yeah. That's just I, an absolute pain to have to go through that type of thing to get a ticket. Yeah. And I, being able to to say you know to to wake up in the morning and go. It's a nice day out. I'm going to the ballpark. And let's face it, you know, when when the ballpark really starts filling out is when the team's winning. It's almost time for the playoffs, and that team is going to the playoffs. Then they start selling out like crazy. Or after a year, for example, the Giants, Philadelphia, where they just 
you know, they, they won the World Series and they're still playing well. And they, you know, of course they're going to sell it because they could do it again. Philly's the the best example here. Um, they they were bad for a long yeah, time. Yeah, and nobody was there. Uh, started to get good 2006, 2000, 2006. They had a, a 525 winning percentage, I, they I started, believe. They started in 2004 to get good. Yeah, but it, they, when they started getting their regulars like yeah. Utley and Victorino and um, so so oh six they had the five twenty five they were over five hundred that's normally the you know the the watermark mm-hmm. um, for whether you're a contending team or not or roundabouts right. um, two thousand seven then they they went to the playoffs uh, got swept by the Rockies uh, and then two thousand eight um, they went in two thousand eight that was them right. Yeah, and then, then, so I mean, they they showed the progress as it goes, Um, but but before then, uh, they were not selling out Citizens Bank Park, not even not even close. I just uh, I just want to let you know, TJ, because I feel like you're lacking in this knowledge. Tyler Clipper just got another strikeout to end the uh, top of the eighth. How many? Uh, how many? Uh, well, have, of K Street are well there? there are now 138 residents of K Street. But I've gotten this kind and, of. Uh, Emilio Bonifacio had a 14 pitch at bat where he ended up drawing a walk off Tyler Clipper. Uh, <laughs> that, that hurt. But some people on Twitter have told me they don't like the way I use K Street as the as the location from the as the road leads from the batter's box to the dugout. They prefer K Street as the rotation, or the staff as a whole. But it can be both. Just the way I am in, envisioning K Street, it's sort of like Davy Jones' locker. And the Nationals send people there. It is a location. It is not a, a, a but, thing. But For the it, Nationals, it's a state of mind. But it can be, <laughs> it can be both. You know, if you think, you know, because there's a lot of words in English that mean two different things. Uh, and I don't want to say something cheesy and stupid and sound like an English teacher on here. But uh, I'll just say you can store boxes in a store. Uh, and that's, I'll just say that. <laughs> so you can have the members of K Street adding residents, dragging people into K Street. Interestingly enough, so the Nationals have 138 strikeouts on the season. Mm-hmm. The Nationals have pitched so far with the eighth, eighth in, eight innings in this game so far, 139 innings. <laughs> that's kind of cool. That is, uh, that's quite a lot of strikeouts there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, just as just as a reference, I'm curious. Uh, how many, I mean, no, I know it's a whole season versus the fraction that is this season so far. Mm-hmm. Just how many strikeouts we had last season. Well, to give you the frame of reference of what the most ever is. Okay. Any guesses? Any guesses at what team? It's the Cubs. Mm-hmm. As you told me. Yeah, I know. I'm supposed to guess. <laughs> well, I I, don't, I, did, I wouldn't have guessed the Cubs. 2003. 2003, okay. They had Wood, had Pryor. Okay. Uh, 2003 was a great year for the Cubs, wasn't it? Wood. I read something happened that year. Kerry Wood had 266 strikeouts that year. 266 strikeouts. Mark Pryor, 245. Yeah, they also pitched a lot of innings. Yes, yes, they and did. And then their arms fell off. Yes, yes, they did. Agreed there. Yeah. Um, so that's the frame of reference. Uh, the uh, I don't know what the Caper 9 is currently. K-9. 
for nine innings. Uh, well, I know as of last night, it's probably gotten a touch better. Yes, it um, divide one thirty eight by one thirty nine. So it's just a, it, a it's tick a below one. I mean, yeah. after last night, it was eight point eight six. It's probably gone up to what eight point nine. Yes, two or something. Now, now talking about that step where they threw off their arms, uh, we've had some talk about creative ways of Strasburg's inning limit. And I just want to ask a question. Uh, either of you can answer this question, but I want to ask it. What if, what if the the uh, the, the the K for nine is eight point nine? Thank you. But what, <laughs> what, what if? Uh, that's 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 awesome. Okay, but what I'm, if, I'm sorry, but that's awesome. In but. April, <laughs> in April, the Red Sox last year had won two more games. What would have happened? They would have made the playoffs. They would have, yes. Now, what if, it, if you know, in June they won two more games? Uh, they would have made the playoffs. Exactly. Does it really matter when those two wins would have come for them? No. And actually, I've looked at uh, some of these creative ways to extend him some. Um, the first being skipping him for the All-Star break. It uh, doesn't really do much, adds an additional start. Uh, the five-man rotation that we have right now, uh, without an injury, without uh, skipping or anything like that, just a straight five-man rotation as it goes. He misses six starts. He misses all of September. Um, skipping him at the All-Star break, he misses five. Right. Uh, the earliest that Wong could come back, I believe, uh, the math that I did today, I don't have in front of me. I gave him three rehab starts. It's for May. Um, if we went with a six-man rotation, which I've seen thrown out there, uh, Strasburg misses one start. But then again, the issue comes, uh, what if we make the playoffs? He's, he's going to miss the playoffs. Well, let's, well, let's that, worry about the – got to make yeah, the playoffs to worry about the playoffs. But, no, but, but, but now, hold, hold, hold I, I, see, I, I had – I mean, I mentioned this before. I was an advocate of this before the GEO thing happened, which I prefer. I just want to state that first. But uh, – um, Roy Oswald does not have a team. He doesn't. It would be very Roy nice. Oswald does not have a team. He's he's waiting for a contender. Yes, he's waiting for a contender. He wants to see – he said he's going to work out and then he's going to come back. He hasn't talked to anybody he wants to go to yet. Right now, the Cardinals could probably use Roy Oswald. The issue, and oddly the enough, only, he would have gone. He should go there if he wants it. The big yeah. worry I have with that is that whoever has the injury first – is going to get Roy Oswald. I mean, it's not going to be – if the Orioles go and have an injury, he's not going there. But if the, the Red Sox, the Rays, oh, wait, the wait, Cardinals wait. – the, so- the Red Sox are well, – Yeah, why don't, why don't the Red Sox sign Roy Oswald? Does he want to go – No, he, he doesn't. Does not want to go there? He doesn't want to go I don't there. blame him. Would well, you? I mean, if, you're, if you, you, you've pitched a great career, he said the that one thing you don't have is a ring. You don't want to finish up on a fifth-place team. Right. Uh, he said he didn't want to go to the Red Sox to begin with. Because he wanted he to go probably to, knew that team was a screw. <laughs> he wanted to go to St. Louis or he wanted to go to Texas. He didn't want to go to the East Coast when he was trying to lobby for a job uh, during the off season. Okay. He's come out and said, his agent has come out and said, that's not the case anymore. That uh, with him coming back in June or July, the issue was his kids are in, he's got a farm near St. Louis, and then I believe his kids are down in Texas. Okay. The issue was he didn't want to be away from his kids. Well, during the summer... Doesn't matter. Get yeah. out of school. Yeah. So they can go wherever he wants to be. That was his issue. 
Okay, now so, so you think you think uh, come uh, May June that he's going to sign with the team? He probably if there's an injury. If there's an injury and it's, I mean, he's got to he's got to work himself back into shape. To, regardless, they're going to have a couple of rehab starts, quote unquote. You're looking at three weeks minimum after he signs before he's up anywhere. So if he signs, attendance to this conversation. And, <laughs> anyway, but, please, please continue. But what's going to happen is in June. The Red Sox will be firmly planted in fifth place. Thank God. Well, Carl Crawford still not having a bat. And but, Ryan Matthews still batting better than he is. I agree. Yeah, it, <laughs> Carl Crawford will always be a better player than Jason Worth. Uh, he's not going to have a, a bat until June. Uh, but you know, I just want to—I just want to make this observation. I didn't realize it until just now that I, I argued with two Yankees fans who knew nothing of what they were talking about this week. Well, <laughs> that, that, that often happens. With uh, there's a. Yankees have a large bandwagon, yeah, and there's lots of room on oh, it. Oh, you're a Yankees fan. Good to see you stuck with them through the tough years. And they have <laughs> a uh, special caboose back there where they stick all the people that don't know anything. If you go to an Orioles game and sit next to a Yankees fan, they're normally fairly knowledgeable. Yeah, that's true. If you talk to one in an elevator, they're normally not. Yeah. It's the, the ones that actually are at ball games are some of the most knowledgeable fans in baseball. Yeah. The ones that are just this hat looks cool and I want to wear it and lots of people do uh, aren't that smart. Just, I like just, the colors. Just yeah. do me a favor and don't come up to me and start arguing like you know who Strassenberger is and Strasburg. <laughs> <laughs> New prospect Strasburg. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking about you know old world's a possibility, but the thing about Strasburg is you hear people talking about how. Games in September matter more. They, they they don't matter anymore. A win is a win. It's not hockey where they come up with some point system and the April wins all go in some special column where they're one point and then all the wins in September are two or are, are three points and then all the wins and the rest of the season those middle months are two points. Uh, I don't believe that. I think I think you made your own <laughs> hockey point system there, Dave. Although uh, baseball would be kind of sweet with the point system. Think I disagree. Many, I disagree. You shut up, sir. Think Stop, of how many talking. Will still be Stop talking. Stop talking. Just, just. Yeah, you're done. You're done. What April wins actually do matter less? <laughs> they have points or April wins. I think the I think the hockey format is acceptable. I I have my opinions of it. Uh, I like watching hockey. In uh, hockey, let's let's leave hockey and hockey. Yes. They, they should keep their point system over there, and we'll have baseball. Every win counts the same. I think that's I, the yeah. way to do it. And wins, wins are two points, losses are zero. <laughs> Extra innings mean mean nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back to it. Um, I guess they're walking Chad Tracy. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Chad Tracy has been playing well, uh, but. The Nationals do. Oh, they they walk him to Desmond though. Wouldn't you be mad? I would be, but the Nationals (laughs) have a situation. A situation. They should get a room. Uh, The situation room. (laughs) (laughs) I've been telling this guy horrible jokes all day. They have a (laughs) a gaping hole in left field, but they happen to have a prospect. At triple A prospects, at triple A <laughs> hitting. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Tyler, uh, Tyler oh, Moore's oh, hitting two ninety six. I believe. He's making a joke out of it. He really is. 
Yes, he is hitting quite well at AAA. Yeah. He's got, he's he's got two six homers, I think I saw. Six or five. Hold on, I got it right here. Pulling it up, pulling it up. Now, granted, his numbers did dramatically increase. He was hitting in the 260s. He's got five home runs, 14 RBIs, 14 games into the season, by the way. What's his, let's yeah, his but, stats. Two, uh, 266. 296, 361, 611. Thank you. Now, what should be noted is uh, he was hitting um, in the 260s last or before last night's game. He went three for four with a walk last night and increased from 260 to 296. Nationals just scored a run on a Desmond base hit. Well, that was smart. On the first pitch of the at-bat. That was smart of them to walk Tracy to get to him then. Yeah. But Tyler Moore is a guy, through his career, he's never had much on-base percentage, but he's had a lot of pop. He's kind of a Mike Jacobs type of player. If you remember Mike Jacobs, he was a guy where, uh, or Jeff Francoeur, if you want to think of him that way. Just line into a triple play. Uh, He has that possibility. He hits the ball hard. But... He's a guy that can hit it hard, but isn't going to draw a lot of walks. And, you know, you look at that guy and think, well, you know, that's not a guy that's going to last too long. But you're, not ask, you're asking him to be better than Mark Gross and Xavier Diddy have been so far, which isn't asking him much. I, I think it would be a lot of fun if... And you're also just asking him to stay here until... Morris is healthy. Tyler Moore isn't like Bryce Harper. It's not when you come up, you're going to stay because you're going to be here for a long time. Come up, play well, and if you do you well, you're going to be more trade bait. You know? yeah. I mean, I, if you have a guy, uh, and that's just speculation, by the way, he could very well be some kind of trade bait. He could be more valuable for another team than he has this one. Uh, but it, just pure speculation. But I mean, you know, you can't argue with you know how he's how he's doing. To, you know, I mean, it's early in the season, yes, but you can't argue with what what he's doing right now down in AAA. And it's not like his stats before have been bad. You know, last year he uh, OBP was kind of weak. His slugging was pretty good. OPS of eight forty six. The big issue before you know, was that he struck out a lot. Um, and so far this season, he uh, Yeah, I mean, he's he's cut down on those quite a bit. I mean, you never know with the prospect. If they've learned something, turned a corner, if they're ready for the next level, or if it's just a small sample. Oh, actually, no, scratch. I was thinking about Corey Brown. Uh, Tyler Moore is has only slightly brought down his uh, strikeouts, only slightly increased his walks, both of which are sustainable. Mm. That's excellent to know. Um, yeah, sorry, screwed that up. I would I would like to get a look, to, to have the Nationals get a look at him. Now's an opportunity. You know, with, Harrisburg. <laughs> with with Morris injured, it would be guys underperforming badly. I think uh, if if Tyler Moore plays a few games in left field, if they think, hey, he's not horrible, if he give him a call. Play to <laughs> you know? the extent, if he's no worse in left field than Morris was, right? And uh, I mean, which, by the way, I, guys. Morse is not great in left field. He's not great in left field, but he's better than Adam Dillon. And we've had uh, yeah. Josh Willingham. Uh, the, the thing is, if he, can, if he can stand there and catch a ball that's hit at him or you know track down a ball that's hit near him in left field, he's an adequate left fielder. Let's put it that way. Uh, corner outfielders are not known for their defense. 
They the are, ones that are Roger Bernardino, they're not known for their offense. Uh, they're also not known for staying in the majors very long. Exactly. Now, I mean, uh, just hypothetically, uh, Moore continues what he's doing. I mean, if he continues hitting 290, uh, the pace that he's at for another couple of days, and plays adequate defense in left field, a passable defense in left field, I'll put it that way, who's designated? Who's the guy that's on the block? I think you see Roger Bernardino leave. Uh, I don't I mean, Do you think it's that or you think it's like DeRosa? You might, yeah. I don't think you get DeRosa because Johnson's a big fan of DeRosa. Maybe Navy. Johnson was a big fan of Lanning, too. Johnson's not the one making the call. Yeah. It's Mike Rizzo making the call. You never know whose aura he doesn't like now. (laughs) I mean, if if I had to put a guess to it, I I would probably say. I mean, you'd have to say Nady. I mean, he was not even on the radar two weeks into spring training and just kind of signed him on a whim. It happened that we had a couple of injuries, and it was kind of thought that when we thought Morse was going to be back in just a couple of weeks that he was going to be the first one sent out because he was well, he was never part of With that line of thinking, then, uh, was Brett Carroll? He was the first one we DFA'd. He That's looked. because we never played him. Right. Ever. We didn't really need him. Now Bernardino's sort of that role. Yeah, we yeah, have that's why I'm saying. Guy. Like, I think if, in my opinion, if there's a guy who goes, it's Roger Bernardino. There's but also another... Bernardino more. There's also another... I think, defense, though. I, I think it doesn't... And he in left field. I think it doesn't matter. Uh, but what... There's another guy out there that's another option for left field. J.D. Drew. He was a free agent. No one signed him. The Nationals have a decent relationship with Scott Forrest. He probably wouldn't cost too much right now since the season started. Uh, And they could sign him, stick him out there until Morris comes back, and then sort of use him as the bench role that may be evacuating. uh, Sorry, I'm a child. Uh, Continue. I still think uh, giving Corey Brown a shot would be – an interesting thing to see, and I, Corey Brown's numbers are the ones that worry me. Um, his walk numbers are astronomically higher than he's ever had before. His strikeout numbers are ridiculously low. He's a normal, uh, I believe he's a 23, 24% guy okay. uh, career. Unfortunately, Fangraphs doesn't give you the total numbers. Um, <clears throat> he's currently, after last night's game, was at right around 12%. Okay. Normally, yeah. And he's normally like a 23-24 guy. I mean, that's... <laughs> the strikeouts are going to come back unless he's suddenly found plate discipline that he's never known before, which I mean, is, is a slight possibility. Um, well, I mean, those, you know... Those things worry me, and then bring him up to the majors, and I mean, the worst thing we do is... Back, well, and, and that's 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 another point I'm going to make is that he's already been he's already been up here. He had three at bats, and then he's back in Triple A. Well, I actually, guess, he was at double yeah Triple A or Double A last. Is that Triple A? Is that Triple A? I guess. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Here's that Triple A. What my thinking is is that they're looking for more not a sure thing, but someone that they can keep up here, and they have at least a decent shot of uh, success uh-huh. because with 99% of surety. Releasing somebody. I think, you know, Corey Brown is a center fielder. You do that if Ankeel got hurt. Tyler Moore is a corner outfielder. And you're going to do that because there's a gaping hole in the corner outfield. Yeah, and that's true, too. I mean, uh, 
I, I think, again, I think it would be exciting to see what Tyler Moore can do, but you know they're going to give him some time on the field first. And they he's are. had a couple games out there. It depends on what they see and what he keeps doing with the bat, more of the bat. It was it was interesting to me though when we heard the news and right away I thought they're sending a message right here. They're saying we need an outfielder and it's gonna be Tyler Moore, you know? They they do need an outfielder and uh it could be Tyler Moore. Um there's just they're gonna have to uh you know, they're they're winning ball games by not scoring a lot of runs. Uh, case in point, I mean... Case in point, the game right now is 2-0 with one out... Uh, in the top of the ninth. Top of the ninth. So they are... Uh, they're they they're able to... Henry Rodriguez you know, is on the mound. They're able to win games because of the pitching. I mean, Detweiler, again, I mean, this is not a number five starter's numbers. Hey, he took a little off that fastball. It was only 99 miles an hour. Yeah, well, the, 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 the Nationals pitching staff is... You look at... There's a saying in baseball that you're only as good as your next day start. Yeah. The Nationals are pretty freaking bueno if that's okay. <laughs> pretty freaking bueno. You know, the Nationals love that, by the way. They tweet it out every other day. They do that? Yeah, when, when Henry Rodriguez has a game. So he's pitching it tonight. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean. That's pretty freaking bueno. You know, they're as good as their next day start. Who's tomorrow's start? Steven freaking Strauss. The Nationals, you know, this pitching is just out of its mind. The the whip, third in MLB, even after, you know, last, last night. night. Last night's debacle where we – what was the yeah. team ERA? Was it – I haven't had to look It at jumped from, uh, from uh, 1.91 to yep. 2.54. Oh, come on, guys. But the, the whip, the walks hit <laughs> yeah. per inning pitch. How many base runners are allowing an inning? One point oh one. They're allowing basically one base runner in inning on average. Henry Rodriguez just walked to Gabby Sanchez. Oh. Well, those pitchers are a lot closer. To bad Henry. <laughs> bad Henry. We haven't really seen much of bad Henry this year. You know, I think with Henry Rodriguez, it's just about reducing bad Henry and trying to keep good Henry as much as possible. It is. And, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. With Henry Rodriguez, it's always exciting. Whether or not it's good or bad exciting is left to be seen. And that is that is Fortunately, right now, the fact that he's only got one walk is uh, mildly exciting. Yes, uh, <laughs> but he's not a guy that's easy to put in play against, and that's a good thing. And... You know, we're, we're you know, you're looking at the pitching staff, and they've done an amazing job. It's just they're the if this were previous years, and the pitchers were Levans and the Lannins of the world, you'd be looking out there, you'd be looking at the Nationals sort of hovering around, maybe slightly below 500, and you you'd be uh, wondering when the offense is going to come around. Well, the offense isn't coming around, and the Nationals are winning ball games. Mm. They're ten and four. It really is the pitching just being incredible that's winning us baseball games. Now that's what the Nationals have built. That's what we're doing. Now there have been some offensive players had pretty good starts so far. Um, these numbers are as of last night or after last night's game. Uh, first mm. slash line of three twenty seven, four twenty six, four twenty three. Um, I don't know if we've used that 
term here before. Slash line is mm-hmm. first number's average, second oh, yeah. number's on base, third number is their slugging percentage. And triple slash line, yeah. Triple slashes is only two slashes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, worst walk percentage is right about career average, a little, a little higher than normal. Uh, he's sitting at 13% this year as a normal 12% guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Kays, on the other hand, he's cut down on quite a bit. I was actually surprised. He's a career almost 25% guy uh, as far as strikeouts. Currently this year, uh, just under 20. I mean, not bad numbers there. LaRoche uh, hitting 309, 406, 473. His walks are up from a career of 9.5. They're at 14 right now, uh, and the Ks are slightly down, which is something that he can uh, definitely keep up. Normally a a 22% down at 20. Hmm. Um, and then we have the uh, the one guy that everybody loves to hate and everybody loves to trade him and give his job away, uh-huh. Ian Desmond. Mm. Uh, There's only walk, been mild just in giving away Danny Espinosa's uh, job. Could <laughs> walk a little bit more. Um, career norm, 5, 5%, and he's sitting at 4.8. I mean, if it's what he does, it's what he does. Yeah. I mean, there are just some guys that they don't walk much. I mean, so, yeah, and... You know, I think I think it's okay if you have a guy. Maybe he's not a leadoff guy, but I think we all know that. But you're going to have guys who get a lot of hits and very few walks. Desmond gets a lot of hits, very few walks. He At least he's hitting so far this year. The more important thing with Desmond is his defense. defense. Exactly. And, I mean... The the error he got the other night, I forgot what night that was. That, that was on uh, that was on when LaRoche took the bag in. Yeah, and he got oh, the, he got oh, the oh, error yeah, for that. Oh, yeah, that, that was the Sunday game. Yeah, error, yeah they gave him a throwing error for that. Yeah. A throwing error. How is that a throwing error? That's more like a, a scoring error against Nationals Park. Now, the, uh, the one thing that I have been happy to see with uh, Desmond here um, – I mean, we've said it even since his first at bat in Wrigley um, this season. He looked comfortable at the plate. Mm. Um, he looked like he was kind of looking for his pitch. Granted, he sees his pitch on the first pitch, he's going to swing. Yeah. Um, he he's uh, to say he's not patient. I'm not sure I'd say that, but if he sees his pitch, he he you know he's going to take it. He's actually cut down his strikeouts. Mm. Um, he's normally a 20 percent guy. He's sitting at just over 14. So you think that? Do you think that's going to go back up? Because that is kind of a big jump. A little. I probably see him settling out at seventeen. Okay. Well, um, if he um, improvement's improvement, improvement, yeah. That Jinx, was, that was a little Let's weird. That yeah, that, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, there. Now let's talk about. Uh, we've made it over an hour and a half without saying one person's name. Bryce Harper Corner. All right, here we go. <laughs> Uh, there are people that are uh, not thrilled with his start at AAA. But this is what he does. Historically slow starter. Exactly what he does. Historically slow starter. <laughs> he started slow at single A. He started slow at double A. He started out slow at the Arizona Fall League. This he started slow after he gets out of bed in the morning. Here, here is numbers. A ball. Um, actually, I kind of wish this this was 13 games because I did 13 games first, and his numbers were a lot worse than this. The 14th game helped him out quite a bit. But his slash number at A-ball, first 14 games, which is what he's played in AAA so far, 261, 358, 434. First 14 games in AA, 
217, 280, 217, mm-hmm. which means all of his hits were singles in his first 14 games at AA. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Not worried. Right, right. Talk to me in six weeks. So, if he's still hitting this, we may have an issue. But the one thing that we just need to make sure the organization needs to not do is rush him. Precisely. Well, I want to remind everybody that he didn't even really get a full season in double A as he got injured and he's out for the remainder of the season. So he got what? Not even a third of a season. Yeah, because he? He, he started out in single A. Yeah. Moved up to double A, got injured, missed the entire. And he got missed, he missed the entire. From mid July on? That's a pretty decent chunk of the season. I yeah. think some of the pant over Bryce Harper's start comes from the fact that people aren't that used to the way baseball is now being played. Mm. We've sort of, if you look at the run environment, mm. it's down again this year. It's continue. It's still, you know, 2010 was the year of the pitcher. Mm. 2011. Even less runs scored, mm-hmm. and we're off to a start again. Where pitching has been very prominent in the major leagues. Runs are being scored. And, you know, the Nationals are a fine example of you know how important pitching is becoming. It is becoming how baseball is played right now. You know, um, it's becoming less offensive oriented, more pitch defense oriented. Two thousand eight uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. Two thousand eleven Tampa Bay Rays. I mean. It's a pitching and defense game now, and it's just how the game is played now, and it's it's changed. And people are looking at the Nats offense. Oh my gosh, they got to get offense. Teams, you know, need to score runs to win, and they forget that they can prevent runs and win too. For the record, that's the worst analysis of all time. It really is. We need to score runs to win. It I is. hate people that say that. We need one. That's all we need. We need outs to win, too. Yep. <laughs> we um, only get 27 of them a game. While we're on this topic, though, the slugging percentage this year, abysmal. Mm. Um, we're currently, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, after last night, slugging percentage was 348 for the entire team. Wow. Uh, that would have ranked behind Seattle last year, who were last, by the way. Uh, it would have ranked 29th in 2010, just in front of Seattle. And then in 2009, it would have ranked last behind San Diego. Hmm. I mean, and Seattle the last two years has been awful. Uh, they, had a, they had a decent year in 2009, uh, really fell apart in 2010, really haven't recovered well, since. I think yet, the national but... slugging is going to go up because – yeah, look, Zimmerman hit his first home run last, last night. He's had a worth, couple of doubles since. Worth uh, hasn't a home run yet. Espinosa hasn't really been swinging yet. No, I, I think the biggest issue here is, is not that they're not slugging. But, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little while ago uh, before we uh, went on the air. They just aren't hitting so much right now. Right. It's, I mean, when they get the hit, the slugging will come, but – when you're only getting a hit every two days or so, you're not going to be hitting a home run every time or yes. even, you know, a double or a triple. Yes, that's, uh, you know, you got to you gotta hit the ball and you got to hit it with power and you got to have guys on. That's how you win baseball games on the offensive side. But the Nationals right now, you look at, at Tuesday's games, a perfect example. 
where they scored one run that probably they shouldn't have even scored. Yeah. And they won the game because yeah. they're pitching just that good. Yeah. And that's what a good team will do for you. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to win a game when you don't allow the other team to score. Games go by really fast, too, when you have really good pitching. Uh, Henry's looks like he's kind of getting squeezed a little bit, but he uh, he just needs one more out. <laughs> yes, and hopefully he can get it. We don't know yet. Uh, Not enough made of OBP. That is very true. I would like to point out that the Nationals do have a pretty solid OBP at this point it is this year. Uh, okay. 335 currently. It's 335 right now. Uh, I'm sure it's probably yeah. buried a little bit. Nationals just I... won the game. Yes, the Nationals just won the game right. last night. Two right. to nothing. So they're now 11 and four on the season. They beat the Marlins. So in 2011, 235 would have ranked 335. Three. I'm sorry. 335. <laughs> I, I I read numbers good. 335 would have been tied for six in the MLB. Yep. Wow. Behind Boston, New York, St. Louis, Detroit, and Texas. Those are some offensive teams. Um, how many of those made the playoffs, by the way? Uh, <laughs> well, let's see. All of them? Uh, all but one. All but one. There Boston. Was a massive yeah, 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 yeah. Boston. Uh, <laughs> that was fun. Uh, 2010, we've been tied for eight behind New York, Minnesota, Boston, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Texas, and Colorado. I believe Colorado did not go to the playoffs that year. Two thousand so, yeah. Yeah. Uh all the rest of those teams I think did. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota, did they go to the playoffs in two thousand ten? I I I'm not sure about Minnesota in two thousand ten. I think so anymore. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, Minnesota did yeah, not. Two years ago. Yeah. Um well, that's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, and that's the thing too. Uh, the thing about uh, people see a walk, they don't really think much of it. You got when it, when a guy doesn't make an out, they, you don't realize that that keeps the inning going. I mean, yeah, it's just a walk. It doesn't necessarily. It's, it's not going to get you a run necessarily. I mean, we've seen a couple of this year where it has. It has we've yeah. seen more than once. But <laughs> you know, you know, I'm like, you, there's still a lot of fans that go to the park and only look, look at, at a batting. They look at the batting average. Yeah. Which is a bad way to analyze a player just by their batting average. Because batting average hides a lot. It hides power and hides the walks. And they don't count certain things. Like, if a sacrifice bunt doesn't count against the guy's batting average. Yeah. But the guy still made it out. And it's just a stat that hides a lot. doesn't show much. And, uh... You know, there's there's other stats that people use. Like, you can't really use RBI to measure an individual player either. No, that's, do that's an arbitrary way of measuring a player. I mean, people try pretty hard though. I mean, to a degree, you look at it and say, hey, when there's guys on base, he gets them in. The, uh, give and take. That. I mean, you can look that up though. There's they have the stats on the situational hitting. Situational hitting, yeah. On how how much percent of time when a runner on third with less than two outs that runner score. Now, remember, a home run advances the runner. Too. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be a sack fly that they scored on. Uh, and that's sort of the part of situational hitting. And the Nationals haven't done too well on situational hitting this year. That's true. 
I mean, we've never we've never been that good at situational hitting. That 2010 was a <laughs> was a prime example. You know, we never we always seem to have them on the pond. Last year, I remember a game with Rick Ankeel got the only two hits of the game against Jonathan Sanchez. We had the bases loaded. How many times? Two, three times? That was quite a bit. At the higher Nine ranking. walks by Jonathan yes. Sanchez alone. And the Nationals game. lost the game. And the Nationals lost the game. Never scored a run with the bases loaded. Yes, they. Um, it was quite bad. Uh, I believe we were shut out that game. There's times when you just watch, just just say, all you have to do is put the ball in play and you get a run. And, I've, and said it, I've said it countless times already this season. All you got to do is get it out of the infield. Nationals still fail to do that. It's but the pitcher knows that too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, obviously some way you got to credit the pitcher, but but I mean, you know, it, when it happens continuously, yeah, where, where our guys are not getting it out of the infield, that that's an, that's indicative of failure. It is, and and you know, they need to do better in those situations. If you watch a good team, when they get handed a run, they take it. Mm-hmm. When when you know, when I, was at, it, I was at I was at a I was at a big game. In uh, 2010, it was Phillies versus the Nationals. It's in Citizen Bank Park. Uh, Phillies got a leadoff double. That was one pitch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next pitch was a ground out to second. Mm-hmm. Runner advanced to third. Next pitch, fly out to center field. Runner scored. Yep. Three pitches, they scored a run. Mm-hmm. And they had two outs, but uh, they, they, they took the run that was given to them. And people make a big deal of, you know, you get 27 outs again. How many times has a team scored 27 runs yeah. in a game? Those runs, in a way, are more valuable than an out. Trading two outs for a run is probably a trade-off that you want because if you took 27 divided by, you know, every two outs is a run, 27 divided by uh, by two. I, I, hate, to, quite I, hate, a, to, I hate to bring up the wriggle-all mentality, but there are times where you gotta, you know, you gotta you got to take the outs and get the run. I hate the sacrifice bunt. Uh, the sacrifice bunt. The <laughs> only time someone should sacrifice bunt is when you're down by one or in a tie game. It's the eighth or ninth inning or even the seventh, and you just it's a late inning. You just hit a leadoff double. Well, I mean, saw it the other day. Uh, who was it that did it to us? Was it uh, Hugh? No, it was uh, Arroyo. It was uh, Cincinnati when yeah. he got a sack fly, and that got the lead. I think that was the Jordan Zimmerman. It game. was the Jordan Zimmerman. Game. Where he, where uh, the the only run they scored until he hit that home run, the only run scored of the game was a sack fly by the pitcher, a right. sack fly, yeah. not a sack bunt, a sack fly. Yes, and that's a little, a little, a touch embarrassing. Now here's the thing about bunts that that you know people will watch the game and they'll get mad when a guy bunts, but then when you need it in that late inning situation where you're in a tie game and you get a leadoff double, all of a sudden you need a bunt. And the guy at the plate doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't practice the bunt. What you I'm can't saying practice it. Is what, 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 you've got to do it sometimes when it doesn't make sense to do it. If you want to be able to do it when you need to do it. That's why we have Roger Bernardino. <laughs> <laughs> and Ian Desmond can do it, too. And he can. Danny Espinosa can do it. But you, you don't get to choose play. who's at the plate. Right. Right. And, and you're not... But, just You're not going to pinch Ryan it. Zimmerman did it for a while where he would bunt for a base hit. He would, but that was all the way back in his rookie year. I think he might have forgotten. That's fine. And I don't want Ryan Zimmerman. I don't really I don't, I don't want to do it either. But, you know, I mean, we got guys who can do it. Why don't they exploit that a little bit? I think that every bunt should be a bunt for a base hit. 
Wow. And if it results in a sacrifice, it's good. Okay. Well, anyway, I just want to highlight something here. The uh, Detweiler pitched six innings, seven strikeouts, one walk, no earned runs tonight on three hits. Picked up the win tonight. I, I, they, I they were going to I have told to you give I was excited to watch that tonight. Good explanation for moving him to the pen when Wong comes back because, I mean, he's done nothing but do everything you need him to. He's, he should be starting. There's just a question of then, what do you do with Wong? You just trade him. Oh, he has that back. That's <laughs> <laughs> all it takes. That might be what happens. He might have a few setbacks here. Oh, all he really has to do is breathe on that shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we are we are hitting close to the ten minute mark, so we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Matt, final thoughts? I like what's going on in DC. That's it. And that's also, point. extend Jordan. Shortest <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, I'm not used to that from Matt. <laughs> yeah, You've heard me talk enough today. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My final thoughts is. I really like making fun of the Cubs, uh, and I think I just just like to point this out that their uh, last World Series in 1908 is a bit contested because they won a game uh, because of the Merkel Boner, which is a famous play in baseball. And, I'll have every time I the Merkel Boner. Yes, where, where he forgot to tag second base on the winning run, and he was a. Uh, ended up being thrown out when the Cubs went and retrieved the ball from the crowd and tagged the base. But there was a bit of a dispute there, and there's some that still believe the Cubs shouldn't have won the 1908 World Series. And you can look at it, and maybe it shouldn't be the curse of the Billy Goat, but the curse of the Merkel Boner. <laughs> <laughs> Sit on that one and think about it for about a week. Well, uh... Yeah, it's bad. I'm pretty impressed. We took one break, no guests, and we, we, we see. I, I we, told you I couldn't shut up, right? I never shut up. Close to two hours here. Um, yeah, glad to see Detweiler do it tonight uh, again. I'm I'm going to be very intrigued to see what they have to say when uh, when Wong has to come back when his 30 days are up in the minors. Um, for now, uh, that's about it. We want to thank Creative House for the assistance with our logo. We want to thank uh, the Isotopes for letting us use the intro and the outro. You can follow them at the Isotopes. You can follow me at Sultan underscore of underscore stat. You can follow Matt at Soda Pop six five four eight and Dave at David Huzzard. The Huzz. <laughs> All right, uh, Nats fans, that is your citizens of Nats Town for Friday, April twentieth. Uh, until next week, we are Ghost.